0: all my people out there they got a job welcome back to another episode of brie the black sheep i'm your host Bree the black sheep the black bachelorette self-proclaimed why because i don't want these niggas these niggas want me you know what y'all it's feeling like summer out here your girl is feeling real good real positive all the vibrations over here I hope everyone is doing good. I have finally gotten to enjoy the weather. On my off days, I took my daughter to a beautiful little spot that I love to go to in Austin. If anyone is in Austin, please check out Sculpture Falls. It's off Lost Creek Boulevard, and they have a double waterfall. I took my daughter. We just experienced some serenity and bliss and... Uh, and I took my youngest baby. Zuri went out of town. Zuri left me. She went on vacation with my family and I took my youngest and we just had us a good little time together. So I'm just, I'm just riding the wave this week and it's an up and down battle, but I am definitely taking care of me and I'm feeling good about that. And I'm very proud of myself. So since I have not been getting the sex I've been desiring lately, let's just go on and get these nuts off, okay? These nuts? <laughs> Got it! Let's take care of you, girl. So, the first nut I'm going to get off is DMX. We have lost yet another soldier. Um, DMX is like an icon, y'all. He's one of those people that is like, Another person, like, that's so random and so big in our like black culture that it's just like, what is going on? I'm just so tired of seeing like our people just go through such suffering and then end up the way DMX ended up because you could tell his life was a constant struggle and he had been through so much. And just watching back some of his interviews. It really just brought me to tears because it just shows you that, like, it's so easy to judge people and people who've been to jail or things they've been through and think that you're just above that situation or that, you know, they're at fault for what they went through. And it's like, damn, man. We really out here fighting to survive this shit. We all fighting, we all struggling. And his struggles were just. They were tumultuous, and just all the things he have, he accomplished in his life, and just how much he's given to us. I am just so thankful to have gotten to see his movies, feel his music, feel his spirit through all his work. I like his movies, it uh, from Romeo Must Die to Credit the Grave, two of my favorite, like, dopest movies out there. I just rest in peace to you, Dmx, because. We got you. We really out here repping. People is going hard. And we will not let your spirit die. And a big fuck you to daily news because we saw that you put our icon up there next to that uh, deteriorating of a human being who has been dead for a long time. Prince Philip, who is the queen's husband, cousin. Yeah. They put up a magazine cover with Prince Philip which is confusing cuz he's a prince and he's married to the queen which is why I'm like y'all niggas just be so totally fine and okay with incest and open about it. It's like, yeah, this my cousin. Yeah, this my husband cousin. Okay, do your thing, kid. So that The Daily News magazine put up a side by side and they put beloved royal beloved royalty dies in 99 and they put him next to our icon, our beloved DMX, and put brilliant but troubled rapper. And if you guys could just cannot see how apparent racism is, like, I just don't know what to tell y'all because Prince Philip, who is known for his racism and sexism, to act like he is no wrong and to continue to save face for these, like, ignorant white men is just, it's so bold of them. It's so bold to really just make sure that when they put up any Black person, you have to, you have to put something negative to make it seem like whatever happened to them in their life that they deserved it or it's like at the point of them dying why can't you just leave whatever they've been through there why can't you just be fucking respectful of the person and their work to put brilliant but troubled is like oh it's just it just really really disgusts me and they're so fucking bold with how racist it is and it's just like yeah he's brilliant but he was trouble okay then you should have put beloved racist uh cousin fucker next to prince philip you really should have okay because i don't even know who this nigga really is but who i know is dmx so fuck you and fuck out of here let me get my second nut off y'all a bitch went to therapy yes okay clap for your girl clap for your girl yes I finally booked my appointment to go to therapy. And when I tell you it took five minutes, I went through my job. So they paid for it. And I love this company. They paid for it. And I was able to pick a black woman because you know that if I'm telling my problems and need someone to relate to it, it's going to be a black woman and she's going to have me. She got me. So I specifically asked for a black woman and I have started to think of therapy like exercise, even if you, you know, you have a nice body or you just feeling good you want to stay healthy. You want to continue to look the way you look. You want to continue to feel good. You continue to exercise. You continue to make sure that you're eating right and taking care of yourself. That's how I feel about therapy. You don't, your life doesn't have to be in shambles. You don't have to be going through all type of shit. You can really just go for some maintenance on your mental health. That's all. And having that moment in that space to talk about the things that you've been through is important because just like the things that DMX DMX went through certain things in his childhood that like fucked him up for life, rightfully so. So to pretend that we are just all human beings walking around without baggage, we all have it. We all have been fucked up from our parents in some type of way or whoever during childhood. Like that's not just a case by case thing. That's everyone is dealing with trauma and it's like you need to talk about it and you need to process it because when I tell you I did my boohoo cries to my therapist, and I was so proud of myself and got got through with that, and she just gave me the floor to have the time to talk about what I was really going through, and I felt amazing. Like I really got out of that session, and I, I made sure to go to therapy completely not high, so I could take in everything and be able to express myself fully. Because you know, when you um, get a little Mary Janie system, you start. You kinda numb out certain things. You just feel the positivity only. No, I needed to get the good with the bad and the ugly and everything out. And it was great. Like she was an older black woman and she just was she was just so validating and letting me know, like, No girl, it's okay. What you're going through is is definitely some shit and it is okay for you to really just think you got issues. So Shout out to my therapist, and please, you guys, let this be the moment you just take that step. It took five minutes to get in touch with my therapist and find the right one. Like, and if if this isn't a good fit, like, I like that she checked with me at the end. She's like, "How you feeling? You want to see me again?" Like, I love that because if not, it's like trying a new restaurant. Go try another one if you don't like the food that's there. That's it. Don't give up after the first time. Work. It's a process. Feel. Allow yourself to feel. So my third and final nut is going to piggyback off of therapy a little bit. I want to get better at two things. Like I do a lot of things. I have a lot of hobbies. I'm great at biking, skating, volleyball. I want to get great at these two two things. rather. One, I want to get good at crying. And two, I want to be able to go places like alone. Both of those things are things I would have never done earlier in life. And those are things that make me feel so empowered now. When I talk to women or just people in general, actually like people, let me not say just women. When I talk to people and they're able to just cry or, or really just allow themselves to feel like that, it is so fucking brave to me because my mom didn't cry. My mom was just always strong. And as much as I admired her for that, there's a vulnerability in crying and just letting it go because it crying is like a literal nut. You just get it off. And it's just like, after you're like, "Woof, Okay. I did that. Like, yeah. And I want it to be something that I don't have to constantly think about. Like I had an issue that happened and I, and like just to me the day before yesterday, and I was really trying not to cry. And Zeri was like, Oh mom, don't cry. And I'm like, I'm trying not to cry right now. Like, I got this. But then afterwards, I was like, no, I want to cry. Like, I want to get to the point where I'm just comfortable. That's sad. That's fucked up that happened to me. That's not okay. I really want to cry right now and just, it's okay. I want to get good at that. I want to make it a talent. I want it to be a sport, okay? I want to be able to fucking cry because Black women and being vulnerable, we have just been beaten. Like, it's been beaten out of us to do. So I really want to get good at that. And going places alone, people really want to make fun of others for doing things by themselves. But that is strong as shit. You are really okay with yourself and being in your own presence that you just good. Like, I'm going to go see this movie by myself. I'm going to go out to eat by myself because I just want to eat. That's empowering. I had a friend who was not feeling great. And she just went out by the water and just sat there by herself, tanned and roped. I was like, that's amazing. She's like, I'm in my feelings. She calls it draking. She's like, I'm draking. I'm in my feelings. I'm like, no, that's, that's bold as fuck. I love it. Do it. Embrace being with by yourself because there's going to be a time when you're married or with your kids and you will never have those moments where you can just be by yourself in your own space. And a lot of us didn't get to do that before we became parents or before we got married. We did these at a these things at a young age and we didn't get to experience what it felt like to just be by ourselves in our own mind and really figure out what's going on up there and who we are. We've just been, you know, just attaching ourselves to different things, different people and never really figuring out how it felt to just be by yourself. So I'm really trying to, you know, enter the Olympics for, for crying and going places by myself and let's just see how good I get and how far I go. Okay. All right, y'all, let's start this episode. So this week, y'all, we're going to talk about such a new concept. Well, it's an old concept, but it is just now getting to the point where people are starting to realize how deep and serious it is. We're going to talk about narcissism this week. Yes, narcissism, narcissist, because me being a person who is so willing to go out of, out of her way to make others comfortable. I have not been realizing how often I've been taken advantage by narcissistic people. And it sounds like when you use big words, like, Oh, narcissist or this person is this, you, you don't think that the people you're around could really be this. Cause it's like, this person can't be bipolar. This person can't be a narcissist. You, you think that these big terms means this person has to be diagnosed and they're really, when really, if you start to pay attention, you can, better understand that the reason why you have so much conflict and issues with the dynamics of your relationships is because a lot of people you deal with may be narcissists. So today I'm going to talk to you guys about what happened to me that let me know that I was born to a narcissist. So we're going to talk about what narcissism is and then we're also going to talk about how it feels to be a child of a narcissist, because it definitely can shape you and can make you doubt yourself in a way that you don't even realize you have been bamboozled. Right? So to start narcissism in a nutshell is a, like an overinflated sense of self. Like you just really value yourself and not value in a healthy way. You really Just basically think your shit don't sting. Like you, you are just so into you that you kind of lack empathy for others and you have difficulties and pretty much a lot of your relationships because you're trying to be in control of everything because you want to control how others, how others look at you. The biggest narcissists I have ever witnessed and actually saw play out and they are completely unaware, unaware of it. If you've ever watched Vanderpump Rules, there's a guy on there. His name is Jax Taylor. If you have ever watched that, Jax Taylor is prime narcissist. Like, and has never once in his life been un- aware of how bad it is. Like, he is just his world revolves around him so much he cannot see outside of it. It's like there's no Pluto, nigga. There are no other planets. Literally, this is my world, and there is nothing else but this. It's kind of wild. So. What happened to me, because I have been having conversations with other friends. Like I had a friend this week who, who was trying to figure out how to gauge a friendship she had had for so long. And she has just become so drained because she's realizing after years that her friend is a narcissist. And it, it just there's been just so many ties to narcissism this week that I can't believe as amazing as I have been this past week that I was hit by a narcissist. the night before last actually. And it blew me in a way that I just was compelled to talk about this this week. So I have to put out this, the statement that I have two fathers. So when people talk about daddy issues, I have two fathers and two sets of issues (laughs) that comes along with either of them. I have my stepfather who my mom met when she was seven months pregnant. And, or at some age of, of pregnancy, and he completely raised me, took care of me from that. That's my daddy, right? Love him to death, has done everything for me, is a great parent, just awesome, has, has, has just always showed up and never had to. And then I have my biological dad, who nutted into my mom and who produced a bitch called me, right? So this is my dad, and just the fact that I call him dad and my other dad, daddy, it's very significant as well because I've always felt like my daddy was my daddy, my nurtured father who, if I called him, he'd be there. And I always felt like my dad, it was like, dad, stop at that. You are every bit of a dad because you had me. And then it's just, that's that. So I haven't spoken to my biological father in years because we we just, there has just been... Definitely situations where he has just been extremely stubborn and just, you know, kind of disappears, just feel some type of way and just will take off and not say nothing, won't communicate his issue, just will not give anything, just will make you feel so crazy in your mind as to like what happened. Like you'll build with him, be great with him. And all of a sudden he's just he just takes off for whatever reason. So my father wrote on my Facebook and kind of reached out through there because I had him blocked for a long time because I was just over dealing with him. And he called me and I was still trying to figure out if I was ready to take that because I was in such a good place. And then I was like, you know what? I've been to therapy and I'm just doing so good. Like, it won't hurt to talk to him and actually just be open to what he has to say and hearing like what he is expecting and what he is willing to, you know, talk about. So... I went into this thinking that I could definitely have some sort of relationship or at least get a better understanding of where my father was coming from. Because after the last time we fell out, we literally didn't speak or say anything. I never really knew what his issue was. So upon getting on the phone and talking to him, the very first thing he says to me is, I don't argue with females you know, I respect females too much that I don't argue with them because women are emotional and they get triggered by things. And I just, I don't feel the need to argue with them. So if I feel some type of way about something, I'm just going to back up. So for me, that was one of the most offensive things you could say. You lost me a female, homie. I already do not like when men address women as female because it is never in the context of, of oh, this is the first female Astronauts go into space. This is the first it is always them females or a blanket statement of the de- being of degradation, of degrading someone for their gender. So for me, that's what I took it as. And for him, he felt as though I am the type of woman who feels some type of way about men. So anytime the men tell the truth about women, I'm automatically offended. But it's wild to me because When men make blanket statements about women, it is always the truth. When women have a reaction to those ignorant statements, it is always a woman is bitter. And it is extremely wild to me. So my father goes on to tell me that whenever he feels some type of way, he just backs up. But there has never been an issue between us when he backs up. He just stops answering the phone. And so the conversation basically went... um the conversation basically went that we both, that he may have communication issues, but we are both at fault. We both have tempers and we both just cannot, you know, back down from that. And what I want people to realize when it comes to narcissism, like narcissists are not who they appear to be on the surface level, right? So they are constantly trying to prove to others that they are this person that they feel that they are. And the thing is, Good people who know that they're good people who are just regular humans existing, who have empathy because the opposites of of narcissism can only be an empath, an empathetic person who, who has empathy for others. They don't need to go around telling people, I'm this great person. Let me tell you, let me show you, let me prove you. They just are that. They just feel that way. They don't need to go. They don't need to prove that. So my father has a way of, trying to get everyone else to believe it. He'll pull his wife into it. He'll talk about my mom. Well, your mom knows, and but he needs the validation of, of other people to know that he what he did is, is the truth. So he told me that the reason we cannot get along is because, yes, he may do certain things, but my reaction to it is disrespectful. So he may dip out and not respond to me and not answer, and I don't know why, but the fact that I text him and hold him accountable and tell him, how awful what he does to me, to him, that's disrespect. How dare you be disrespectful and and holding me accountable when I am your father. And let me put this, let me put this out here and I should have said this first. We have a way in Southern culture and believing that we are supposed to protect family members at every extent. What I'm talking about right now is so disrespectful to a lot of people And a lot of family members may judge me for this or think it is wrong to blast your, quote, family's business. But if people want to look good in your story, they would have played a better role in your story. If they want to be a good character, if you want to be a good character in my story, you should have played a different role in my life. Like the fact that black children are expected to protect family members and just graze past things that happens with each other and within your family because they're just family is why we have such toxic relationships with our family members. I'm not going to keep protecting someone who's emotionally abusive to me because that's just the way it is. And those hierarchies that we have with Black parents and Black parenting and and Black family members is the reason why a lot of trauma just keeps recycling into our culture. Because it's like, yeah, your mom abused you, or yeah, your daddy beat you or did this, but you don't talk about that. The problem is you talking about it, not that they're doing it. Yeah, not for me. So I'm just putting it out there that I don't care how people feel about this. I'm telling my story because it can help other people really understand what we have been dealing with. Because it was not until I had this conversation with my dad that I realized that I was born from a narcissist, a literal narcissist. So as I said before, they need to go out of the way to prove to people. So he told me my reactions were the issue. I'm disrespectful and I don't understand that. You know, even if he didn't communicate, why wouldn't I just keep reaching out and trying to figure figure out what was wrong with him? But why wouldn't I just keep reaching out to tell him, you know, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by this. He's like, you didn't have to go off on me. You could at least just say you're hurt. But the thing is, narcissists want to control the the relationship so much that they want to tell you how to react to what they do. So I might slap you in the face, but if you punch me, the problem is that you punched me. Not that I slapped you in the face. No, you don't get to control how someone reacts to your action when you are emotionally abusive or abusive to someone the reaction is that that then becomes out of the, the scope of the spectrum because you shouldn't have started a toxic you know dynamic and then expected to be able to control how it how it continues no that's narcissism and so my dad goes on to tell me he kept every single text message and letter i have ever wrote to him that was negative he said, all the times you ever was disrespectful, I have every single one. And that hurt me because that let me know that all the times that I told you how I felt. So hoping you would be held accountable and change. You kept those to show other people, to let them know, see, look how disrespectful she is. How dare she talk to her father like this and flip it so that you are the victim now in the situation, even though this branch from you. And it was like. I thought I was in control of, of my emotions as I was speaking to him. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm in a good place. I'm not going to be affected by this. I have my dad, my daddy, and this, my daddy has raised me. So, you know, even if I don't get what I need from this conversation, it's fine. But I was so affected by some of the things that my father said to me that it really showed me that <sighs> no matter how much growing you do, someone can really disturb your peace if If allowed, and there was no way I can help that because this is this is my parent, and you still expect someone who had you, even if you're not close, you expect the parent to care more about their child's feelings than their own needs, right? And I'm not saying that in the sense of if your child is wrong, you just keep trying to cater. No, I'm saying that in the sense of narcissists truly desire power and control over a situation way more than they will ever value your feelings or doing the right thing by you. They will just continue to manipulate the situation to look right. So then the conversation continues to go on because another thing that truly affected me in this was the fact that I was trying to explain to my dad how I was hurt so we could move on. He was trying to explain to me why I was wrong and why he didn't need to be held accountable. He wanted it to be... He was like, you just wanted it, this to be my fault. I'm trying to say, this is both of us and this is a back and forth. And I'm trying to get him to understand, I will not continue a relationship with you until you understand the ways you were at fault and admit to them. Because like I said in the last episode, apologies without changed behavior is manipulation. If you cannot apologize and be accountable and say that you will not do this again then you're just manipulating me by even being apologetic. And he wasn't truly even being apologetic. He was just saying, I may not communicate the way you want me to communicate, but I stand back whenever I feel some type of way. But nothing will happen when he stands back. He will literally just dip off because he feels the need to spin a story. And one thing about narcissists is they value attention. They will have fits or, or, or make a situation be something because they value attention and they really like making others think that they are on this pedestal, like they are superior. And in healthy relationships, there's a certain amount of vulnerability that you must have. It must be recycled between the two people. I must be vulnerable. You must be vulnerable. We must share that vulnerability and be able to truly expose who we are. Narcissists cannot do that. They must be in control of the dynamic of the relationship and they cannot be vulnerable, allow you to hold them accountable or even be authentic with you because that takes ownership and fault. And they will, they will never, never, not even for sake of argument, admit fault. And that's really what I went through with my dad. It didn't matter what I tried to get down to at the end of it. He just continued to, to, to try and flip it. He he did, He did. even told me that the reason why he says he doesn't argue with females and, and females are emotional is because he's like, women will get upset, they'll be emotional and go toe-to-toe and try to think they can go toe-to-toe with a man. And don't even tell me that you wouldn't do it, Brown, because you have before. What he was is insinuating in that moment was the fact that I have been in an abusive relationship before. I've been in an abusive relationship before And went back to the person after they put their hands on me once, believing that they wouldn't do it again. And he was basically using that vulnerable piece of information he knew about me to tell me me being abused and thinking I can go, quote, toe to toe with the man who could, I guess, beat my ass is the reason why he will not go back and forth with me. So I was like, okay, so you're telling me right now you will not argue with a female because you think that I can, I will try to fight you or go toe-to-toe? What are you saying? He's like, that's not what I'm saying at all. So what are you saying? What is your point of even throwing something like that that happened to your daughter in her face as a reason why she's so emotional and cannot handle a back and forth? And the, the wildest part of the situation was that I was really talking just like this. I'm a great communicator. And he was so frustrated and angry because I could feel that he was being backed into a wall because I was being so straightforward and honest about what happened that he just kept trying to flip and tell his wife, remember that? And just trying to salvage his righteousness in the situation. And it was just, it was so hard to listen to this from a person who who you expect to protect and love and care for you. And one of the, the, the biggest issues I have with my father is the fact that he was a veteran and he was able to pay for my entire schooling for free. All he had to do was sign his information and I would have gotten $1,000 a month while in school. I am now $20,000 in debt. I, I dropped out my last semester of college when I had my daughter and he refused to give me any of that money. That was free. It wouldn't have cost him anything. It wouldn't have taken away from him because he wanted me at 18 years old to change my last name to his. And at the time I had no idea what he was upset about he just stopped answering the phone. And I'm calling him, like, Dad, I just, I'm, I'm in school at 17. I got into school. I'm doing great. And he stopped answering the phone right after graduation, after he stopped having to pay child support. And it affected me so much that that was an anger that never truly left me because he was never truly apologetic. He just wanted to, to brisk past it, brisk past that. And even in this conversation, he was like, You know what? Like I said before, I'm not going back and forth. Do you want to start? He's like, I'm willing. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to move forward with you. And to me, my dad needs other people to know that he's trying, that he wants to have a relationship with his daughter. He needs to look like the parent who is a good dad. And he will continue to try and always leave the door open to say, you know, we can always have this relationship when you want it, when you're ready, but it has to come along and it has to be under the terms of my emotional abuse. And for so many years, I didn't know it was emotional abuse. I thought I was just sensitive. When I would go to his house as a child in the summers, I literally thought I was so sensitive. My dad has had about six wives, five or six wives. And each time he would have, he would always have stepchildren and he would always treat them so good. And he would do so many things that it made me think I was a bad child or that something was wrong with me. And I had two other siblings who who, who were his children as well. And he treated them the same as me. Like, there was always issues. They never felt good enough. He was always trying to control everything. But I didn't know what that was at a young age. And I had stayed away from him so long as I got older that I never really figured it out. Until almost 30 years old the other night when I had this conversation with him and fully held him accountable and said, this is what you do. Why is this? And he just, it was just literally maneuvering every little thing that I said. And it was like narcissists just refuse to be accountable. It is always victim blaming. It is always turning it around on how you also have faults. And remember last week when I was telling you guys in emotionally abusive relationships, we never, never um, recommend couples counseling because it is not two people needing to work on a relationship. It is one person abusing and one person reacting to abuse or abuse being the victim of abuse. So in this a relationship with a narcissist and being a child of a narcissist, you are constantly dealing with a parent who needs to work on themselves, who needs to understand their narcissistic ways and work on that. And it can never be the child's fault when a parent is a narcissist. It won't matter what you do as a response. It won't matter if you flip out and stab them. You probably shouldn't stab anyone. Jesus Christ. But dealing with emotional abuse or feeling like, the weight of never feeling like you're good enough is the issue. And with narcissistic parents, they have an image for what they want their children to be and what they expect so much that anytime the child is anything outside of that box or not doing, that's when they start to do things like disown you you ice you out, take away love or take away certain things because merely because you were exhibiting characteristics that they are not OK with it, having nothing to do with them. That is the control that they want to keep over you. And that is all about the control that they want over the, the relationship with you. It can never be the child's fault when a parent is a narcissist. And even in the conversation, listening to what he was saying, it was just like, <sighs> I just I just kept telling him I I really cannot believe you don't understand the ways that you are being narcissistic and I have watched him in so many relationships and marriages have the same problems with women and and there's a, a certain way where he just gets something in his mind like we'll just be having a conversation and he'll just pick something that I said and it's like oh you're like this or you do this he'll he'll just start trying to diagnose you or tell you that you do this and you're like what are you talking about we're not just talking about We're not just having a conversation and he's like, oh, I know. I see what you do. I understand that you're this way. And it's like, it's so difficult to have a healthy relationship with a narcissist because it is always about them and their feelings. And they always need to look like what they are not underneath. They are like, it's always two sides to them. It's almost like Geminis. They have two sides to them and it's like the person that they want people to think they are and who they are on the surface level. And the thing about narcissists is that they truly are more transparent than they realize. They really think that they're pulling one over on people and just, you know, getting away with this and just getting all this attention and everything's about them. But people really are starting to see it more than they realize. It is just that a lot of people love narcissists enough that they will cater to it. And the worst thing that you can do in a narcissistic relationship is cater to that. It is the worst thing you can do. You have to accept that it's them and and really take no blame because even there was a part of me who got the phone and was just thinking about my dad and the dynamics of some of the other issues I have with family members. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I really could have these relationships. My dad fully told me I'm here if you want to, to work on this and move past it. I could fully have these relationships if I just stop being, like, this is what I tell myself. I could really have these relationships if so I just stop being sensitive and just ignore the emotional abuse and deal with it. But, like, do you hear what that so- sounds like? Like, you have to honestly deal with emotional abuse to have this relationship. And for a long time, I truly thought it was worth it to put these people first to have these people. But People being in your life, no matter who they are, is a privilege. It doesn't matter who they are, your dad, your brother, your child. I mean, your children. You should treat your children right. They can't go nowhere. But other people, it is a privilege to be in your life. People should honestly respect your boundaries and who you are. And if they can't, they do. you don't owe it to them to make them comfortable being abusive just to have them in your life. Because at the end of the day, they're not really serving you anyway. All the times I have had a relationship with my dad, it never served me. I never felt good around him. He never made me feel supportive like he loved me past everything else ever because I wasn't going to bow down to him and let him think he was right above all else. I just wanted to exist and not have to have this power and control all the time. So I kind of wanted to share my story so you guys maybe can understand what you were dealing with. I also wanted to talk about warning signs that you have a narcissistic parent. If you have any of these characteristics, nine times out of ten, you were born from a narcissistic parent, whichever one it may be, who didn't make you feel good enough. So the first sign is feeling like you aren't good enough. Feeling like nothing you do, nothing you accomplish, your work, nothing like that is, is ever good enough because the person that you're with, I mean, the person who you were born to didn't make you feel empowered enough to feel loved. Another sign is allowing others to treat you badly and feel like you deserve it. A lot of people who have had narcissistic parents have very dramatic friendships and relationships where they just completely allow people to take advantage of them, run over them, talk to them crazy. And they just truly feel like, that's just who I am. I just let people do it. I just, I can't stand up for myself, yada, yada. Those are the people who probably had narcissistic parents, probably had parents who had high expectations. Emotionally abused you and just made you never feel good enough like nothing you ever did was good enough. And I have definitely had friends like this and didn't really know what it was. I thought they were just very insecure, but they had parents who were narcissists. The final and last sign for me that I've noticed is a parent making you truly feel like your feelings don't matter. Like they're completely okay with you knowing that they're they're the parent before your feelings will ever even mean anything. Like, I remember my daughter's um, dad blatantly told her in her face that her feelings didn't matter and she needed to listen to whatever he said and he didn't care how she felt about it. Point blank, period. He said, I do not give a damn how you feel. Your feelings do not matter to me when, I t- when I'm when i telling you what to do. When I tell you I snatched that phone so quickly, and he is definitely a narcissist. It's... Never okay to make your child think that in the context of y'all relationship, how they feel doesn't matter. Like just the fact that that can roll out someone's mouth. Why would you ever tell someone you love that they feelings just don't matter and that it is okay that they feel like that? Why would that ever be okay in any dynamic, especially for your own child, your own child that you brought into this world and are supposed to love and care about? you're okay with not caring about their feelings and telling them that their own feelings don't matter. That's awful. And it's really a lot of parents like this. It has really been just like embedded into society and especially in, I feel, our culture that your parents are your parents. And at the end of the day, you just need to get over however you feel about whatever they're doing to you because those are your parents and you owe them your whole life. I had to get over that because it was driving me ragged and driving me crazy trying to live for someone who would never put my feelings first ever. Their feelings will always become first. And I don't even do that with my own child. I would never look at Zuri and tell her feelings don't matter. If anything, I tell her all the time, which is why she's constantly letting me know, this is how I feel about you. Like, yes, no one should be disrespectful or out of line, but why is it not okay that your child is having normal feelings and they feel some way? Why would you want to beat that out of your child so that they can just listen to whatever you say? So you just want me to blindly follow you because you're my parent? So if you're wrong, it's fine. That's teaching them that they should do that in their relationships as they get older. So the last thing I wanted to touch on was how to deal with narcissists. Unfortunately, when it comes to being a child and you're being raised by a narcissist, you don't have the choice to not deal with that. You have to 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 just... Deal with it. So if it's ever a situation where you have to be around a narcissist, a coworker, your boss, a family member, whoever, and you feel like you cannot get escape it, the things to do is to not feed into it. Like, just do not take the bait. Do not argue back and forth with narcissists. That is what drained me the most with my father. When I got off the phone, I literally cried. That's when, when Zuri was telling me, Don't cry when she was trying to get me to to be okay. So don't feed into it. Don't argue back with them. Narcissists need to feel like they have won the argument, won the situation, gotten the last word. When you don't give them that energy, it pisses them off. They need to know that they have control and have the upper hand. If you don't feed into it and just allow them to say what they say and just, just shrug it off and be like, okay, like they will eventually move on to someone else who they can't control or manipulate. It is nothing more frustrating for narcissists to get no attention. They can't force something out of nothing and they'll eventually move on. And for my dad, it's it's almost like he needs the last word because even after we got off the phone, I was like, you know what? I don't I don't care to continue to try to build a relationship with you because you you won't change. We'll just keep going in circles. I can love you from a distance and take care. And when we got the phone, he just wrote like he wrote a little paragraph basically saying like, you know, I'm just glad I got to hear your thoughts and your feelings anyways. And I just love you, dad. Manipulative as hell, because now he has proof showing that I still tried. I still told her that, you know, I love her and I'm glad that she's got those feelings. When on the phone, it was anything, but he was not okay with me having feelings. All those feelings that I had was disrespectful calling him a narcissist and telling him how I felt was disrespectful. He was not happy from those feelings, but he needs to still put the perception out there and let someone know, let it be known that he tried and he loves me and he cares. Uh, and I just, I just liked it. I let it be known that I've I, I seen it. I liked it, but I have nothing to say. So he went hours later and put a thumbs up. It's like, I need to get that last word. I have to let you know. I have to go out of my way and make it be known. So, Don't feed into it because I really wanted to continue to argue and let him know and just really reason with them. There is no reasoning with a narcissist. They will always see things the way they want to see it. It will always be their reality and they will continue to manipulate you until you just bow down. Like to be around a narcissist and to have a healthy relationship, which will never actually be healthy for you. You just have to give them their way. That is the only way to coexist with them is to constantly reassure them that how toxic they are is completely normal. And I value myself too much to ever allow anyone to do that to me again, ever. I'm not doing it anymore. I want to care more about me to set the boundary to not deal with it anymore. So, if you can control whether or not you can be a narcissist, a boyfriend maybe, a brother you're okay with cutting off, a father who won't be getting added to my Facebook, you can just not do it. You can just not choose to participate. If you can, there is no healthy way to uh, exist around narcissists. So if you can cut ties and be okay with that, do it. I would never wish anything bad on my father. And there are people who do not have their parents And that's always been used as an excuse as to why you should continue to love and do right by your parents, no matter how they do you. But I wish all the best to my father. I just, for me and my children and my happiness and my health, I absolutely cannot allow that for my life anymore. And I hope this pushes someone else to set that boundary and know the same. So, yeah, that's... uh, narcissism in a nutshell let's come back with the black sheep of the week of the week black black sheep of the week week. hey black sheep sheep of the week i'm so excited to bring you guys my black sheep of the week because this is a woman who i know personally and who is truly one of my heroes um my black sheep of the week goes to a woman named shauna watson who I met when I was at Texas State and I was just a wee lad. I was about 17 or 18 when I first met her. And you know how you meet someone and you just admire them from the moment you meet them, how they speak, how they carry themselves, what they say to you. I honestly thought she was a couple years older than me, maybe like 21, 22. She was so beautiful and she was so young and lively. She was actually in her, well into her thirties, I think at the time, and um, both her and her husband had decided to go back to school. This woman has overcome so much and really is such an inspiration to me. She actually lost her husband right when she she had put both of her boys through high school. So they were about to celebrate having an empty nest, really getting to spend time with each other. And unfortunately, she lost her husband to a tragic accident. And i it was just such a moment. And I, I remember seeing what happened and just, you know, I couldn't even imagine the pain she was going through because she had been with her husband since childhood. This was her childhood love. And it was such a struggle for her to overcome because she truly, you know, you see those couples that just like, they just love each other. They just really are into each other. They really, they go on vacation. They just look so happy and their kids look happy. They were that couple. And, you know, everyone has their problems too. Like no one's perfect, but this was really a couple I looked up to and just really, when I met her husband, even at Texas State, one time I saw them on the bus, they just seemed like a well-rounded couple. And the fact that she lost her husband so tragically and was able to overcome and keep going it just she amazes me like shauna you deserve all the flowers in the world like i really had to come on here at this moment and give you your praise because you're phenomenal you don't stop you do not give up and actually i asked her to answer a couple questions for me and i i'm just in love with her answers so first i asked her what like what she does right now for a living because she's just a boss she's she takes care of herself she be at Beyonce concerts. So, you know, homegirl, she'd be on boss, that is. Um, and she actually told me at this time she wasn't working. She had she had a job and they wanted her to stay in Austin, and she really wanted to move and just get out in the world. And so for her own mental health, she decided to stop working and really just focus on the things she's been wanting out of life. And I just that to me is just so powerful. Taking the time, because it's it's really scary giving up a job and and a source of income to really just breathe and do what's best for your mental health. We're not here to work. We're here to really enjoy our lives. And I just think that that was such a big deal that she left her job so she can enjoy her life. And she told me currently she's writing a book about the life that her and her husband shared. You guys know that I'm a book nerd, and I think that's huge. To really b- put your passion and focus into writing a book. Writing a book is tough. So, Shauna, like, I, I I commend you and I just love that you just keep going. And I asked her what she was most proud of, and she told me that the thing she's most proud of is that she hasn't given up. And she said that she's also always wanted to be a best selling author. And I love her dreams. I love that she has goals. I love that she keeps going and she's a mom. And you, you, your sons did good in school. They both are in college. I think one may have already finished. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it, but this is a woman that we need in the world. A woman who just perseveres over everything and just continues to go and continues to grow. I always look up to you and shout out to you because she donated a hundred dollars to my podcast and I love you, girl. And really just thank you for supporting me and believing in me. Every single time I have ever spoken to this woman, it has always been positivity and she has always uplifted me. So if you guys want to get to know Shauna, please visit her at her Instagram, which is at I am Shana underscore. I am Shauna is spelled S-H-A-U-N-N-A underscore. Yes, she's fine. I don't understand or know why all of my friends just happen to be fine as shit, but there you go. All right, guys, let's take a break and we'll get back to what I have been watching. All right, y'all, let's talk about what I have been watching. So first, I just have to say two of my favorite movies, I have been putting in rotation this week that I just love. One just came out on Netflix, Deliver Us from Eva. Let me just say Gabrielle Union was my heartthrob for the 90s. I was obsessed with her. I loved all of her movies in the 90s and 2000s. Everything. She's phenomenal. She's such a good actress. Talk about delivering the assignment, okay? She delivers every time. She knew what the assignment was and she always comes through. I personally don't think Eva was wrong, okay? Eva may have had boundary issues, all right, but Eva was most of the time right in deliverance from Eva. She, Her sisters did need to study. Some of them niggas was tripping, okay? Uh, making good boyfriend, constantly want to have sex, and they had nothing else going for him. She made, her, she made sure her sister stayed on track and was focusing on themselves and putting themselves first in their life and their goals. And I just, I commend her. All right. I'm definitely Eva and y'all niggas can't handle me. <laughs> Always be my maybe has been my like favorite new classic. It's going to be that movie that I just watch all the time throughout the year every year from forever. It's um it's like a comedy with these two Asian characters that who are just so fucking hilarious. Um, Keanu Reeves is in there and Keanu Reeves parts is so hilarious that I just, I replayed it so many times last night, just over and over again. It's my feel good comedy that I can watch. It, it almost has the same presence that Fifty First Dates had for me, like where I can just watch it. I used to watch Fifty First Dates over and over and over again. That's how I feel about Always Be My Maybe. Please. Go on Netflix and watch Live Rest from Eva and Always Be My Maybe. And you will know what I'm talking about. And a bitch loves Count Reeves. So that's my shit. Shows. Okay. Housewives of Atlanta has been very lackluster for me. The past couple episodes, it's starting to feel more like reality TV and less about like their lives. There have been times where it truly felt like women just getting together, living, and now it feels like everyone is performing. And it's just really getting on my nerves. I don't feel like talking about... Marlo and Drew and I love Portia, and I don't even feel like there's nothing I really want to talk about. Let's move on to Snowfall. Snowfall is just oh my god, it's just it's getting me where it hurts this week. So, as you know, they're still after Leon because he accidentally killed Khadijah's baby, Khadijah and Skolies, which by the way, whoever plays Khadija is such a good actress. I I'm loving how cutthroat she is! How she just straight up savagely killed Fatback. Sorry, not sorry, but her her character she just commits, and I, I'm I'm loving it. I love Leon to death. So I'm not trying to give up Louis for Leon because y'all know Louis is my girl. Louis is me. Louis is my whole like reason for just being so obsessed with um, Snowfall because her and the uncle they their relationship I'm just so enamored and obsessed with. So they're still hunting down Leon. They cause a whole shootout at Fatback's funeral and end up accidentally, um, Louie accidentally catches a bullet. And currently she's in surgery. We don't know if she's going to make it. She's, I guess, stable. Who knows? But just watching her scream and bleed out, it was just so sad. And now it's going to start yet another level to this war. And I'm just like, ugh, I don't know what's going to happen Franklin is just getting further and further and straying away from what's right. Like It's just like he is just coming to terms with being this savage-ass killer that he just cannot back down and and try to level. His dad's gone. His mom is is getting ready to take off. I don't know what... It feels like everything's falling apart, and I don't know what's going to happen or where we can go from here. And quite honestly, I'm concerned. So... Catch up on Snowfall. I'm so committed. So thankful to the person that told me to get on because I love it. It's my new obsession. Haven't caught up on Good Girl's new season because, well, shit, I just haven't. <laughs> so let me get on it. That's all I've been watching this week, y'all. It was so mentally draining, everything that has been going on this past week. And I'm telling y'all, if you asked me a week ago, I was doing so good. And just the fact that what happened with my father... Just felt like it set me back so much, and that's why I'm so serious about therapy and mental health because you have to continue to exercise mental health, you have to just continue to do it. There will never be a time where you have grown to a level where you will never be affected by things, and you are just always at peace. That's bullshit. People who walk around acting like I'm so zen all the time, nothing can affect me. I just Swerve with the wind. Okay, no, you can be positive, but you will, things will happen where you will feel. I completely felt in control of the situation and still I felt it. I felt a certain level of rejection from a parent whose, whose feelings I thought I had overcome caring about. You just can't help being, we're human. You can't help but human. Party favors. It's not so much of a fucking party, but let me remind you guys yet again, how racist the world is every fucking week. And it's feeling like every other fucking day, we're constantly seeing black people just be hunted. Like I'm going to say it again, as I've been saying it before, black people are being hunted for sport. We are, we are being hunted so casually and it's being so openly and boldly excused that at this point we need everyone to come together to fight white supremacy. Like, Yes, we know Black Lives Matter. Yes, we know stop Asian hate. But when are we going to stop saying this and start just focusing on the top of the ladder that is causing all this turmoil to everyone else? The fact that white people have really put us in a position where it is groomed in us to be okay with how we have been treated and how we are just being hunted and murdered. And it is excusable, almost laughable to these people who know that they can do it. We have to come together to stop the root issue of what is going on in this fucking country. I'm so tired of seeing like black people fall and it always coming back to white supremacy and racism. It is disgusting. I'm tired. I don't even want to go any further in it. But if you don't remember anything else after today, it's don't feed into narcissism. Do not cater to a narcissist. Exercise your mental health the same way you exercise y'all fine ass bodies. Please, hurt people hurt people and the only way to change the ecosystem and what we, the trauma that we are just passing around is to start healing, start growing. And remember, what these bitches want from a nigga.